Welcome to episode 296 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 293 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Good. It's good to be back. It's good to back be back. Back in the back. studios and John's got the sniffles today. And one thing you guys don't know, when, when Audio Technica sent us all this new gear, we get, we've got like the, the wicked earphones and everything, which makes the sound quality of the show amazing, but our sound quality in our own ears is absolutely 10 times you, you do a little burp or a little sniffle, the other person knows about it pretty quick. Someone's been sniffling my ears like crazy. Where's the, you need to sharpen up, okay? <laughs> okay. Oh, well. Where's, where's my water? No, no gulping oh, my water. I'll make myself a cup of tea and get yeah, you the water. Yeah. You have to get that in the break. I'm talking proudly brought to you by... Break. <laughs> <laughs> Coffeesofhawaii.com. For the world. i tell you what, if you're in North America right now, get some. Keep you nice and warm on the inside. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com, social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Extreme endurance is the place where you get your lactic buffer to make you be a better athlete. So, John, what's happening? What's happening? Oh, okay. What should we do? Should I do this week? What's, okay. What's what's okay. I'm, trying, oh, I'm trying to break the format a little bit. And this week's show, we've got what have we got happening? I need to pull my show notes up in front of me here. We have. That's why I said what's happening to you. Right. We've got uh, news. We've got eight, not much news. No, not much news. Not much. There's <laughs> not a lot of triathlon going on between Christmas and New Year. Not much news at all. We've got news. We've got age group of the week. We've got an interview. Yes, with Tim Pigo, who we uh, interviewed before Christmas, um, based on stretching. He does a lot of. Uh, reading on it so we're sort of talking about the what the research means and and which research we should be taking note of so it's all good stuff uh, interesting interview actually and then we've got some questions and answers at the end okay john well the news for this week it's a big week for news because we've probably got 20 stories we need to cover yes yeah 20 million stories 20 million stories okay we've got cam brown taking out the port of tauranga Half Ironman, Ironman New Zealand <laughs> official championships. Yep, it's a, by far the biggest uh, half, well, but biggest prestige half iron distance race in New Zealand. And it's would it be the b- biggest participant as well? Uh, probably not. It's, it's, it always sells out, but the capacity for people on there is not that great. Okay, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's bigger races out there. Typically, I think they have about. I think about 800 on there, but they're a bit restricted because of the, the nature of the course. So, yeah, it's a big race. Um, Cam, Cam Brown does it pretty much every year as his preparation for Ironman New Zealand and sometimes comes out on top, sometimes doesn't. The last few years he certainly hasn't. He's been getting sort of second, third, fourth, something like that because some of the young guns have been coming through, Olympic distance athletes, guys like Kieran Doe, been smashing him around a bit in the swim and then drilling the bike and... Uh, not leaving him enough time to, to pick up the pieces on the run, but this year he um, he put in a really strong performance. So well, well, as much as you say he hasn't won much recently, it was his ninth win. That's true. So it shows how long he's been around, doesn't it? You know, you can have a few years where you're kind of bad and you still get nine wins at the race. Yeah. So, um, but it just shows he's uh, you know. We, we go on about these athletes being a bit old, you know, in terms of Macca and Crowey, and, and Cam Brown's now 39 and uh, still beating, you know, Cal- Callum Millwood, who's, who's a good athlete. You know, he's going to do really well on the 70.3 circuit and uh, took him down. But uh, so I guess it shows he's on target. You know, you'd, you'd be struggling to bet against him at Ironman New Zealand. I mean, sure, he's going to have to deal with Terenzo Bazzoni, I'd imagine. But well, I didn't even know about Terenzo because remember he had that injury. Yeah. And he's done, I think he's just recently got back into training. So yeah. I'm sure he's aiming for it, but yes. he's had a good 
few months off training. So we could see number number 11 coming Cam Brown's way. Um, so he had a great race. Um, he is, is Achilles here. It was certainly is his swim these days. You know, he got dropped in the swim. Granted, those guys are pretty good swimmers. Um, well, a minute 20 down is the swim. And then, uh, but he's, his, his bike, since he's changed over to the Avanti, his bike has become a real weapon. <laughs> and and, and he, uh, he made up the gap and then, uh, you know, rode with the guys, put a bit of pressure on them, tied them out a bit on the bike and, uh, and put in a commanding run to take it out. But it was pretty close. Yeah, we won by about 30 seconds. Yeah, but it was, yeah. it was only in the last 4K he sort of pulled away. They were going shoulder to shoulder on the run, so... Good to see. Joe Long took out the females race? Yeah, not a lot of competition for her, so good. often you see Rebecca Keat coming over or one or two Australians. But well, Belinda Harper's won it before, hasn't she? Um, no, she hasn't won it before, but she's, oh, she's okay. won, won her age group in Kona and is, is now racing pro, so she's, she's fairly handy. So Joe Lawn as well, you know, she's, she's getting, getting on, um, and who would be betting against her? I don't, don't know who's racing. I mean, Gina. She's racing, I mean... Yeah, I saw her. I was out walking. I was out with Joe and I were doing a romantic walk one night, mm-hmm. and I saw Jenna and her man and a dog. Oh, yes. Yeah. And no she, baby or not? Not the baby, no the baby. <laughs> Ditch the baby. Yeah, th- th- I think they're staying with the parents, so yeah. ditched the baby. But, um, yeah, she's doing Wanaka and yeah. New Zealand. Doing the she's looking fit, too. Mm-hmm. She's a bit sharp. Oh, I hate, but people say people are looking fit. I don't think that's any representation. She's looking how, sharp, how, how John. She's taken out. She's going to win Kona this year based on how she's looking. Right. Sharp. Good. Good. Sharp. So that's the New Zealand news for this week. Part of the New Zealand news. <laughs> okay, well, a part of the New Zealand news. We've got more yep. New Zealand news yep. coming up. Oh, good. Okay, we've got the uh, hits results from Naples. Where's Naples, John? Naples is in Florida. Florida. Naples, Florida. Yep. I, I believe. Uh, so second round of the hits series. And... Apparently there's only about 22 people doing the full. So this series is they have everything. You know, they have a kids race, they have a sprint, they have an Olympic, they have a half, they have a full, and they're really trying to cover the full spectrum of athletes and, and by the sounds of it, make a bit of a festival event. Still pretty early days for them. And uh, you've got to wonder about running a race in the middle of winter um, as, as to why they probably don't get that many participants. I know it's in a part of the country where it's nice and warm, but the rest of the country's in freezing cold. So people's motivation to get up to do a full is pretty limited, I would imagine. So... Well, I'm just interested to see how many people they had competing over the whole race. Uh, I was reading on, on stats. I think they had uh, somebody posted on Slow Twitch. I think it was like 120 maybe in the half and then and more in the Olympic and sprint and stuff. So still a small event. Okay, well, you, you, if you want to win a nine-man race, go to a Hits race <laughs> yeah. because there's nothing against Jess Park, but Jess Park took it out in the time of 12.38.54. Right. So that's yeah. a great thing about people. It's like when I, I once did bodybuilding yeah. in New Zealand and bodybuilding in New Zealand is a pretty small sport. And pretty much nowadays, if you can enter the competition, you've got a pretty good chance of getting in the medal. <laughs> yeah. and, and so like I've I got mates who've got all these trophies and stuff, but they kind of won their category just by turning up. And this race here, good old Jess is going to go to work on Monday. He's going to go, shit, I won my first Ironman. man. Did. People are going to go, really? Go, yeah, yeah, we took it out. Yeah. Yeah. Who was second and third? It was a close race, but he only won by a minute. Really? Yep. Oh, no, it must have been less than a minute because they haven't got the time for the second place getter, uh, Corby Allen. And Corby Allen came in on a time, they don't have his official time, but third place was only 55 seconds behind um, Don Eulingsing. So, mm. tell you. Close racing. Great racing. It was slow race, but great racing. Yeah. Oh, I've got a page, I'm just trying to pull up the chicks. Um, chicks, um, although the chick, oh, no, what, what's happened here? Do you want to start again, Bevan? No, no, one chick, the second place chick got tw- 10 hours. Don't know, but the first place chick did 12.51. Right. So she actually wasn't that far behind the top guys. There you go. Good old Regan Davenport. 
Nice. And then uh, Rohan Rowan came in second, and Christine Spark came in third. So hopefully the series takes off. You know, I think it's people and I were sort of wondering why. You know, you, when you look at participation, to be honest, John, I'm, I'm a bit dubious about these times on here. They're all over the place. Yes. Yeah, I, I actually think we've got the the winners wrong. I don't think they've. I think they've done it more on their bib numbers. I don't know because they've got some guys down here who've Leave done ten hours. One little job. No, you don't, you don't give right, the hits, right. guys. Yeah, come here. Look at this. Look at this. Look, they've got the winners here. Twelve hours, and then you go down here. Some guys done ten hours. Hold on, let's look, let's go scroll the top. Go and start finish. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, I looked. The, okay, okay. Ooh, look, Kagavetsu. No, Bevan's <laughs> not reading. Bevan's not reading. <laughs> anyway, so, so we, have we got the top. To, have we got the people correct. We're going well, to place getters correct. Yes, we have. Okay. I did get it right. Well yeah. done. I never get it wrong. Congratulations. I never get it wrong. So yeah, we were sort of discussing before why you'd almost bother having a, an iron distance race when you're going to have so few people participating. Yet, you know, in the middle of winter, you probably could get a, a reasonable sized field in a sprint, an Olympic, you know, maybe a half. So you'll just sort of see where things go in terms of their iron distance. It's just racing. interesting, you know. You look at you know you look at your race, the festival on small day, short day, finish in what about four or five hours? Yeah. Everyone's in and out. Then you go to the South Island half, and there's that period of the day when there's half races where there's kind of that sitting around period. Mm. And in smaller races, that's harder to maintain. Yeah. And then if you went to an Ironman, you know, and you've only got like 20 something people out there, mm. there's a lot of wasted time. It's not like there's going to be big crowds that you need to entertain and stuff. So it's a different atmosphere. And I know they're trying to go for the big ticket kind of race. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of build up that side of it. Hard for a commentator to be out there, Bevan. Oh, well, you just, you put, you, what you do is you put the music on and go have a cup of coffee. Come back a few hours later. Ten cups of coffee. So uh, it's, they've got more races coming up. They pretty much seem to be just about every month. So uh, check it out if you want to do a bit of a, a training race. That's the thing with doing a – when they do have a full events, you know, for, for athletes, if they're in, not expensive to enter and you live in the area – it's, it's great experience to go do a, a race where you've got the swim and the bike. You probably wouldn't want to do the full run as, as a training day, but to go out there and actually do a race situation, a swim and a bike, is, uh, is fantastic training, so check it out. Um, I think the other thing as well is that they're obviously trying to get a race happening in winter, but because this series isn't big enough, people aren't going to travel to the Hitchup race yet. Mm. Now, maybe in a couple of years, if they build up their brand... They might be able to get races of people from around America yep. to come over. So, yep. mm. so coming up, um, we've got Challenge Wanaka in a couple of weeks' mm. time. First iron, well, I guess it's not the first iron distance race of the year anymore, but it t- uh, typically was. Um, Let's give Wanaka some love because they are really good at letting us know what's happening. Oh, you know, they? no, they've, they're they, the best, they've aren't sent they? me. Yeah, I've got the real reef next yeah, week. Like they are the best. Um, basically, sent me all exactly what I want. They sent me all the prop top pros yep. uh, and just got like a one line little um, few bullet points about them. Yeah. Exactly what you want. Exactly. So, uh, that so will good be, on you, Challenge Wanaka. We'll be sharing love with them That's next Victoria, week. Victoria, isn't it? Yep. Good on Victoria, then, uh, you rock. Next Iron, Ironman, you know, WGC race is Ironman New Zealand coming up, so that's not until March, so no Ironman news until really? then. There used to be one before it, wasn't there? Malaysia, wasn't it? Yes, I think you're right. Yes, you are right. It was, used to be saying in January, February, it was, it was Malaysia. It's gone. It's gone. gone. Go. Okay, I have a news. Well, New Zealand Triathlete takes out New Zealand Road Cycle Championships. This comes past Bevan's, uh, Bevan's front door. We have the New Zealand Elite Road I was actually Nationals. doing the voice work there, John. Yes, whereabouts are we based? Down by... Down in Middle Nav. Yeah. Yeah, it's where it's at, man. It's pretty cool. Like, there's so many people there. Wow. Even on the girls' day, there were quite a few there. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a little clip on the news. I didn't come out and watch this year, but it looked, looked huge because yeah. they basically do 18 laps, and uh, each lap you have a very difficult... 12 laps of the boys. 12 laps, yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, and you 
come up a climb it takes around about four to five minutes or so, probably less than four minutes for those guys. Um, but it's pretty steep, and uh, yeah, they're really building it into a fantastic event. The reason I wanted to bring it up is um, yeah, we had a Kiwi triathlete take out the girls' race, and then we also had a female triathlete take it out the, the third place. So Nikki Samuels won, and then Kate McElroy third, and they're both the two of our ITU athletes. So it was phenomenal, see. really, because what happened was. You know, those races, it's really it's the war of attrition in that race because the course is so hard. So you start out with a big bunch of riders, and by the end, there's probably about 15 people in the race. But because every lap, people keep dropping off. But um, but it was interesting because you really just attacked on that last last bit. And mm. actually, I think I can claim her win. Right. Because what happened was, if you listen to her on the news or in the paper, they were saying that what happened was she was coming up the last bit of the hill and she heard the commentator say, She's making a break. And that was me. Right. And she, she wasn't even making a break. She just said, Oh, I just decided to spin the legs a little bit faster and I dropped the other girls. And I thought, Well, yeah. I'd better go for it then if they say I'm making a break. And yeah. I won her the championship. There you go. So there you go. I'm claiming it, Nikki. Thank you very much. And what, 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 you're exactly right. It's a war of attrition. I looked in the guys' results, and there was only 13 finishes yeah, yeah. out of I don't know, maybe 70 yeah. starters. Yeah. And what was also funny on the uh, the guys' results was you scroll down to the bottom, and it's got all the sanctions. Who got sanctioned during the race? And it's got like twenty dollar fine for oh really? You have to pay for, money. Yeah, for um, you know for taking outside assistance for fifty dollar fine for um, blatant, really? blatantly. Um, reckless riding and stuff There's only four of them But it was pretty funny Tell you what If you're in Christchurch Make sure you go along And watch the race It is so wicked It's mm. really really wicked But anyway um, Other piece of news John Just one piece of news I put in there Yes go for it Big piece in the Triathlete magazine This month Yes Huge it's piece probably, This probably is The best Triathlete mag ever Go and get it And just see what we're talking about It's yes. quality Apparently some superstars In there John I'm just saying Full page spread. Hot topic of the week, John. We uh, we put in. Uh, what have we got? Did we do one last week? We did not do one last time. This is uh, we, we're starting fresh, new year. I don't think we did one because we, we you, you you that's right. You put in there. Hey guys, what should we put for our best of show? And then you got taken got to pieces. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so what happened was I went and put. Hey, you know, let's do our best of show. And old Helltail goes, well, why, why, why do we need to? It's on our iTunes anyway. I'm like, shut up, Helltail. So. So then, what I did is I just put fitness behaviour on there. But we want to, we don't want to have, we don't have weeks off. We've exactly. been doing this thing for six years. We're not going to not put a show out there. Yes, correct. One thing we probably do have to say is that we did put out Legends of Triathlon over the Christmas break. Yes, Aaron Baker, outstanding. So if you haven't listened to that, we've got heaps of good feedback on it. It's a really good interview. But also the Blue Seventy gear is that it's, sold? Uh, it's going today, I think. So oh, if you hear this today. As in Tuesday, New Zealand time. Yes. Get on there now. It's a deal going for you. So I thought, right, we started the year. At the end of the year, we did. We spent a lot of time talking about Torsten's um, try rating system, and uh, and trirating dot org. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I'm not sure exactly what the website I'll get it is. Um, so I love. thought, what for this year? Because we've got so many different races through the year, and we often just um, Kona gaze and think, "Oh, Kona is the most wonderful thing in the, the, the world." But the good thing with Torsten's rating system is it makes things everything a bit more equal. So if somebody has an absolute amazing day at Ironman New Zealand, that could be ranked on his rankings as a top ten performance of the year. Um, so I want to know from you guys. Who do you think is going to have the breakthrough performance and really crack into Torsten's sort of top ten performances of the year? So if we look back at last year from memory, you know, one of them that probably came through for me was I think he had Paul Amy, whose result at Ironman Arizona, that got him into the top ten. Not many people would have picked picked him to be doing that. Also think uh, we had 
what's Marinda Carfrey's boyfriend's name, Tim O'Donnell. He was in there as well um, in, his fir- in, in his first iron distance race. So who do you think, guy or girl or both, um, is going to get in there and be in the top 10 ratings from any iron distance race around the world? It's trayrating.com. Trayrating.com. Trayrating. Make sure you check out his work. He does amazing work with Thorsten. Okay then, um, so that's the discussion this week. What's the, what, what are you doing now? Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. John, tell me about them. So we're just going to have a quick look at um, rivals this week because uh, it's not something we, we've covered a huge amount. And for us, for Bevan and I in New Zealand, we haven't been doing a lot of racing of late, so our, our rivals list is not that great. But the cool thing is, um, basically, whenever you race against somebody at least three times, um, they'll be automatically put into your rivals list. And the good thing then you can do is then you can sort of configure your rivals and and really just do a bit of analysis against the people that you're racing. So when I look at my rivals, I've only actually got two in there. I've got Bevan and uh, and good old Glenn Russell, the the juicy modifier. Yeah, I've been from Glenn a long time. (laughs) But but if you've got a nice little list in there, you can basically say you've got 10 different people in there um, and you want to just compare, you know, your three mates from your local area. You can tick the tick the little box next to them and you can go compare rivals, uh, compare athletes and then what that's going to do is going to spit out um, the races that you've raced against that, that particular person and it's going to give you the time differential. So for me you know, if I tick the box against Bevan then the next and then press go you know, then it, it spits out the two races that I've gone against Bevan um, and challenge wrote and it gives you your time um, your placing and then gives you the difference to, to Bevan and then likewise it does the same for me against Bevan at Ironman New Zealand. And Bevan's going to Going to pipe in here and say, "Oh, what about the South Island half Ironman?" Man? But no, I, I, I'm just going to say, I haven't claimed that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's selective claiming, it's isn't selective it? Selective claiming. Yeah. <laughs> Keep, I'll keep that two zero record going. So it's just a great way that if uh, if you've got your your local guys you race against regularly, uh, then you can. Just well, it is one of those things as well. If you've got your tri club on here and you've got all your tri members, then it's a good way to actually. Because let's be honest, that. a lot of motivation for a lot of you guys out there is beating your, your local training buddies. Mm. And so if you you know if you, if you could do selective like John and just make like it like you always win, yes. or you could do it properly and have, have, have your losses in there as well. But. Um, it's just a way that you can, you know, it's just that whole kind of bit of motivation, you know, you can see like John pretty much has about a 12, average 12 minute lead over me when it comes to Ironman racing. I can go, well, either I can try beat him or I can try get that down or, you know, it's yeah. kind of targets like that that you could aim for. And it's just more statistics that you could use for motivation in your racing. So if you've got mates who are into triathlon and they're not an athletes, get on there and then you can start claiming a bit of glory. Check it out on athletes.com. Okay, well, next up, I'm going to put some music on, John. Here we go. Okay, wait a second. Here's some music. Wait a second. And music. Age Grouper of the Week. Okay, so good old Stuart Anderson sent through this week's Age Grouper, Jenny Gowans. And I'm feeling that... Jenny has been featured on the show somewhere in the past. I don't know if she's been an age group of the week, but the name rings a bell. So, Jenny, if you're listening. Johnny, John, you think you may even know her? I'm not sure, Bevan. I'm just not sure. I just know, I just remember the names. Jenny, you've got a, you've got a very memorable She's name. a Kiwi? Yes, and, but she's living in the UK. Okay, well, I want to nom- nominate my teammate from Team Free Speed. And if you want to check out Team Free Speed, you go to www.freespeed.co.uk. And uh, Jenny Gowans. Jenny works a 60-hour week but still manages to fit in the training around these long hours. She came third in her age group of 30 to 35 to 39 in the 
70.3 world champs. Wow, that's pretty awesome that the world champs get a podium, which would have been the end of her season. But a few days out from the Phuket 70.3, she was convinced by friends to race. So caught a last-minute flight from London and made the start line. Despite being very nervous about her race shape, not only did she win her age group, but she also picked up a slot for Las Vegas 70.3 champs next year, but also Kona 2012. How about that? That's pretty solid when you pick up two slots in one day, especially a Kona slot of 70.3. Nice work. But Perky is, isn't that one of the... It's the Asia Pacific Championships. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. It is. We get a Kona slot doing a half. Not that I necessarily agree with that, but pretty pretty. So, so is Vegas, so they're keeping Vegas for the 70.3 chips forever now? It seems that way. Well, I'm sure they've got a, an X number of years contract, a bit like... Um, they had a contract with Clearwater to, to run it for X number of years, so it seems that way. Wow, man, imagine doing 60 hours work a week. No, I, don't, she, I, don't, I don't want no, to. No, I don't just, want to do that. Madness. It's madness. Silliness. But imagine doing 60 hours work and still being that quality. Crazy. Some people are like that. Some people are just like good at everything. Mm. You know what I mean? They're just going to turn up, win, win the race, third in the world. Yep. Oh, yeah, did some training. And she's a Kiwi, though. That's, well, that's, that's probably, probably why she, she, she probably knows you, John. Yeah, because, that's right. She probably when she wins, she goes, "Thanks, John Newsom." That's right. She Thank does. That's that, actually that should be your official. Any listener, when you finish a race and you have a good race, just go, "Thanks, John Newsom." A bit like Erin Baker said, you know, when she finished uh, a race and she said, "Thank you, United Airlines, you're the best airline in the world," and she got upgraded. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So thank you, John Newsom, and I'll, I'll always. There's just that karma about it, isn't it, John? There's just right. that that aura that comes with you. Maybe coming in second place, you see the person up in front of you, you go, "Come on, John Newsom," and boom! It's like it's like what is it? The Scooby Snacks? Fire, yes, yes. Fireworks. Fireworks. We're so happy for her because we know how pressurised she has been at work. Hats off to Jenny. Bring on Kona 2012. I th- one thing I will say, and, and Jenny's well, not defence, but in, in interest of you, I'm sure for Jenny, the actual training is what gets her through the pressure from work. Mm, you know, totally. like for us exercises, yeah, you know, like it was interesting with the earthquake in Christchurch. Our gym closed down for about three months, and uh, we eventually got a temporary gym up, which we're actually moving out out of soon. But the amount of people who came back and said, oh, you know, they'd all put on a bit of weight and stuff, but it was really just about the stress release because exercise is such good stress release, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, so Jenny Gowans, you are our age, age group of the week. week. Okay, John, do you want we me to do, do a pause do, now? We'll do webs, uh, yes. Yes, we'll pause now. Website of the week. It's a classic. This is probably the best website of all time. It's a bit of uh, a bit of chest pumping for us Kiwis chest today. Pumping. We're like gorillas, John. We're like we're like Godzilla. The website is called greatestgreatestsportingnation.com. It's a pretty cool website, isn't it? How I came across it, there was a uh, you know, they're always a bit short on news around New Year's time, and, and uh, there was a little article in, in the Christchurch paper um, that New Zealand was ranked very high in terms of being one of the greatest sportish nation, sporting nations in the world per capita. So I thought, oh, I'd better have a bit of a look at this. And, uh, and I went on there, and in fact, New Zealand is rated per capita the third best sporting nation in the world. Uh, ahead of us is Jamaica and Norway. So how do they go about doing this, John? Do you know, well, have you looked then, into it much? Then you look at how it works, but to be honest, I really don't care, because <laughs> as long as it pumps out the right results, that's absolutely fine. But in a, in a nutshell, I mean, people can go in there and read all the ins and outs of it. Um, these, although in saying that, these kind of products do make it hard for big nations. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but again, do we care? Well, no. so they've got the Global Cup. So the Global Cup 
this must take a lot of work. So the Global Cup America takes it out, Russia, then China. So those are the three top sporting nations in the world. France, Great Britain, Germany, Japan. So those are kind of Australia down there in eighth. Kenya's doing well at ninth. Yeah. So um, that's grossing, gross, you know. um, So if you go to the Olympics, then America and Russia typically do come out on top. Um, But per capita, that's what we really care about. It's the quality. Because that's actually the really only way to do it. It is, per capita, because these big countries, we've got no chance against them. So basically what they do is uh, they go around the major championship events in in various different sports, and and it's got a point system. So first place gets 10 points, second place gets 8, and it goes down to 1 point for 8th place. So in triathlon, you know, they would go to the, the world championship finale I would imagine any other major events and they would accumulate the points uh, likewise in all the other sports that they cover and they do cover a lot of sports um, and well, look, for example if you actually go to oh there's overall results so how, tell me how I go to like a football show me how I get to football I, I go football I go sport and then do I find out how do I get the results for Bevan, you're asking me questions I don't know. Just focus on the task oh, at hand. Okay, okay sorry. So in, in triathlon... Because you haven't done your P's. <laughs> no, in overall sports, New Zealand is ranked third. Uh, Jamaica, Norway, New Zealand, Slovenia, Sweden, Austria, Denmark, Switzerland, Finland, ninth. But then we hone down into triathlon, because they do have a separate section for triathlon. Yes. On this, uh, overall, Great Britain is first. And this is not per capita. This is overall the, the points rating system. But they are... Sp- Banking the well, they got 56 points, out of so everybody. 56 points, second place getter, which is us, is 16 Zealand. points. 16 points, Australia in third, New Zealand, United States in fourth, and Spain in fifth. But then, again, we let's flitch, flick over to the per capita, and New Zealand comes out on top. So, so Again, again, Bevan, don't go into detail. It's not the detail <laughs> we're concerned about. It's, it's who's just... on top. If you want to find out more detail, go to... Um, greatestsportingnation.com and they've, they have got a how it works system I did have a scan read over there but basically they go how did, to, you, how did you find triathlon that's um, what I want to know oh you probably just put triathlon in the go button up the top there or you go um, sp- there's a sports column down the, the left and there's all sports at the bottom of that probably click well on if you that. go to rugby John guess yes. who's number one well, well you'd hope it's us yeah and that's not even per capita yes <laughs> there you go number two is Great Britain Australia's per capita number two how did Great Britain get into, into second in rugby? Yeah, that's a really good so, point. So I guess we don't want to discredit this website, but do we? No, we don't. Not at all. <laughs> I guess so then because Great Britain's breaking into. Well, let's be honest. Football's countries. the world game, isn't it? Football's the world game. So what's happening in football? Japan. Yeah, it was, we're discrediting it a little bit. Right <laughs> they rank number one. Rank number one right now, and that's not per capita. <laughs> oh, dear. It's a great website, though. Bevan, you've shot it to pieces. Football, United States is number two. <laughs> Sweden, three. Australia, four. France, the only real first decent nation, France, comes in at fifth. Take that, Australia. They're, they're crap at football at the moment. <laughs> Mexico, six. Australia, take that. You're the fifth, fourth best. Uh, fourth best football nation in the world <laughs> go, go to cricket see, see if we're ranked number one in cricket we should yeah. be ahead of those bloody Australians now we beat them and not, not beat, like the Indians they're beating the Indians the old session smashing what's happening session come on um, let's have a look um, greatest cricket. cricket doesn't really have any major competitions though so I don't know how they'll quite rank this let's have a look okay um, it's just taking forever Okay. I don't think they've got cricket. New Zealand's ranked number one in cricket anyway, per capita. Yeah, this is the most accurate website in the world. Okay. Oh, here's cricket. Here we go. Here's cricket. Let's pull it. Oh, no, no, they don't have cricket. Boxing. It's who the toughest nation. Who do you think would be the toughest nation in the world, John? It would be America, wouldn't it? 
Um, amateur boxing, Ukraine. Amateur boxing, right? Amateur Ukraine. boxing, Ukraine, then Cuba. Mm-hmm, that makes the sense. The Poms, the Poms are coming in at third. Kazakhstan, or however you say that. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Yeah, there you go. New Zealand doesn't really rate very high. So that was a sensational website of the week. Great swimming? sporting nation. Swimming? swimming. Who do you think will pull up? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think it'll be among the smaller nations in swimming per capita. Per capita? No, John, you're wrong. Yeah? Our good neighbours, our good friends, Australia. Oh, Australia, that's no surprise. Yeah, yeah per no capita. Surprise, yeah. Australia's second overall anyway. Yes. So, And then Denmark and the per capita. So, pretty accurate website, John. Pretty accurate. You know, Greatestsportingnation.com. Us Kiwis do that, don't we? Like, because, because we are a small sporting nation, we'll claim anything. Mm. Even, even like in acting and stuff like that. Like anyone who's ever lived the day in New Zealand, they are suddenly a Kiwi. It's no different. The Aussies try to claim the Kiwis all the time. Yeah. So anyway, great website. New Zealand's on best, top again. Best website ever. Per capita. It is an interesting website. So what is it called? It's called greatestsportingnation.com. I'll put a link to that on dub, dub, dub. I am talk. Okay, John, sponsor. Sponsor, we have extreme endurance. Big thing today is remember our codes because later on we're talking to um, Sebastian from SLS. He's going to talk about his specials code there. Um, we're also going to talk about Coffees of Y. Um, but codes you need to remember, New Year's, extreme endurance, use the code IAMTALK or, a, or ADIAMTALK if you're going to get a recurring um, recurring order there. thought I'd quickly, for the guys who have never ordered it before, thinking, oh, holy crap, this must be the most expensive product in the world, I'm not going to bother, um, to give you a quick summary of the prices for Extreme Endurance, the product we normally talk about, the the tablets, the original Extreme Endurance is only thirty nine ninety five before discount um, to get yourself a container of that. Um, have, you, have you done your maths work? I have not done my maths work. How much is that discount? Um, I even it's, no, t- it's either twenty or twenty five percent. Okay, I'll go high. I don't know if it is or isn't, but thirty nine point nine five. Is that what this with the discount? Is no, it? No, it's before discount. Before discount, okay. Times point eight, isn't it? Yep. And then we we'll go. That's it's going to be, be, be about an eight dollars. Thirty-two dollars. Yep. Thirty-two dollars. Yep. Great. There you go. There you go. That's worth twenty percent. Glad we got that one sorted. <laughs> <laughs> inspiring stuff. Um, we've also got the extreme endurance travel packs, which a lot of guys like to use when they're um, travelling off to race. So you don't have to take your whole container. They're only twelve ninety five. And then we've talked to Sandy before about some of the other products. I've got the Amiga Boost. If you want to get your um, um, your your supplements in there, that's twenty four ninety five. And, and oh dear, Bevan, phone's, phone's gone. It's the first show of the year, and I've, you I've started, your phone I've started a bit poorly. Um, an extreme joint for the guys that who are. Got the arthritic um, signs joint, coming through, uh, thirty-one ninety-five, and then the one product we are going to be talking a bit more about is uh, the Execute, which is their new drink formula, um, which I haven't tried yet, but they're sending me some over to, to give a crack. And am I getting any? Well, if you play cards right, you might <laughs> do. Creepers. So there you go. Make sure you use your code. I am talk and AD. I am talk. Okay, and another a guy that I coached this morning. Just um, he was a bit sceptical about it all, and he's a he's a doctor as well. Oh, so it uh, must be true. And most. People are sceptical before they try. They send these emails. Oh, I didn't think it was going to work, but I thought I'd give it a try to support you guys. And he's sort of saying, you know, um, he's just just feeling a bit better. You know, he's not racing at the moment, but he finds he's bouncing back from his longer sessions a lot quicker since he's been using it, and he's only been on it um, a couple of weeks. So, get on it, get yourself a deal. Xendurance.com. Okay, John. Well, we did an interview before Christmas with Jim, uh, not Jim, Tim. Good old Tim. Tim Pickett. Tim Pickett, and uh, he's, he's he's a. A physio, isn't he? Yes, from the Performance Clinic in the UK. And he's, uh, he's got really good research on what's happening with stretching at the moment. So we thought, well, we'll get him on the show, get him to tell us what's happening. So we're going to chuck that on right now. Here's Tim. 
Right, we've got a special guest. A listener of the show, John. Listen to the show. Yeah, I like that. For you pommies up your way. An intelligent listener of the show. Yeah. Unlike us. Unlike us. Yeah. Uh, he's up up around the Newcastle way. Physio extraordinaire, athlete. Likes his rugby. Probably loves the All Blacks. Yes, they must love the All Blacks. <laughs> Tim Pickett, welcome along to the show. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, nice intro there. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason Tim's, Tim's on the show, we um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but we were sort of talking one day about about stretching and I think I might have said oh you know the research is starting to some people research is saying oh you know you're not supposed to stretch before this that and the other thing there's no research supporting that it prevents any prevents the injuries and stuff and I was like well you know I, I know from a personal point of view if I don't stretch um, I, I niggle start to, to come in for me Bevan on the other hand said that yeah I don't really stretch at all stretch. Yeah, and, and I don't tend to get injured and so I mean, it was kind of like well there's this yin and yang thing happening isn't there yeah I mean you get some injuries that are that are, that are more Freakish. work related Related yeah. and stuff, um, uh, whereas I suffer maybe just a little bit from from overuse injuries um, if I don't stretch. So Tim sort of said yeah. he's got a few pearls of wisdom on there. So Tim, you know, tell us a bit a bit about yourself first and, and your background, and um, and then we can sort of go into the, the stretching side of things and, and your interpretation of it all. Okay, yeah. Um, well, as you said there at the beginning, I'm a physiotherapist uh, up in the northeast. Um, currently working in private practice with uh, a number of sort of local athletes as well as um, sort of Commonwealth and even some of our Olympic hopefuls. Um, so working with a big wide range of people, uh, personally my background's running, uh, moved into triathlon uh, back in sort of 2001, 2002 kind of time. Um, but yeah, my sort of interest in stretching is actually to do with my masters I'm doing at the moment. Um, and kind of born out of all the stuff you kept reading in the media of either, yes, stretching's good, everybody should stretch before you do a workout, or all the reports you were getting out of saying, no, stretching's no good for you. Um, stretching increases the risk of injury. And it's like, well, what's right and what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, as you said there at the beginning, that, you know, common wisdom is that you do a warm-up and you do a load of stretching before you do your, your exercise. Um, but that seems to work for some people and not for others. Um, and it's a case of how do you then match that and how do you work out what's right for you? Mm. So what I've kind of been doing is sort of trawling all the literature to try and pull it together in a more sort of succinct and a more understandable way for the general public. Mm. Um, and really what the advice is, is it needs to be matching it for your body type and your sport. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the, the type of advice we're going to give somebody who plays in the scrum in rugby is going to be completely different for a swimmer or a gymnast. Um, And as triathletes, we're not runners, we're not swimmers, and we're not cyclists. Mm. So what we're looking to do as as triathletes is be a little bit at the middle ground of all of them. Um, You know, John, obviously coming from your swim background, I would have a guess at having quite flexible ankles Mm -hmm. uh, for that leg kick. But actually, that puts you at a disadvantage when it comes to running, because you'd have more movement available at the ankle. You'd be maybe more likely to sprain yourself, sprain your ankle, um, or not having that kind of rigidity within the Achilles tendon and the calf muscles. You lose some of that power output for the the faster running, for example. Um, so, as a triathlete, you want to have enough flexibility in your ankles to have a decent leg kick 
and not just slow yourself down with your feet pointing at the bottom of the pool or bottom of the lake. But you don't want to be so flexible that you lose some of that rigidity, which is actually quite good for running. Mm. And the same goes sort of further on up the up the chain there, really. So if, if we sort of break it down to start maybe just looking at um – at, at training side of things, and uh, yep. and maybe firstly look at you know when, personally I don't I don't stretch once I've I've warmed up I tend to save my stretching for the end of the session. So what's the research sort of telling us about you know post training or post racing um, whether the stretching is beneficial or a waste of time or whether you should be doing something else in terms of looking after your body and ensuring um, a you stay um, you know less injuries and, and and maybe enhance your recovery a little bit. Well, post-training and, and post-racing there, yes, definitely you need to be doing some form of, of stretching afterwards. The The research doesn't suggest that it necessarily helps immediately with post-exercise soreness. Um, you know, that DOMS sensation is not necessarily going to reduce that. Um, the main thing is maintaining overall good flexibility. So whether that stretching is done immediately when you finish or half an hour later or a couple of hours later as a separate training session in itself, you know, whether you go to a yoga class, you know, something like that. And it's about maintaining a good routine with it. The interesting thing is those that just occasionally do a stretch are more likely to get injured than those who regularly stretch. But again, is that because those particular people, like yourself, John, feel you need to keep on top of the stretching, otherwise you will tighten up and get injured? Um, or is it more along the lines of that specific stretch itself has a, an effect on the muscles which can cause you to then get injured? For example, it's been shown that if you do a, an acute stretch, so just a one-off bout of stretching, it can temporarily weaken the muscles, so you lose power. Uh, in power athletes, it's been shown you can lose up to 8% of your, your power output. Really? Exactly. So now power athletes, we are not as triathletes on the whole. Um, <laughs> it's looking at that endurance side of things. But even if you're losing a little bit of that strength, a little bit of that power, it's going to have a knock-on effect, particularly maybe at the beginning of your race, You know, if you're looking to have a, a strong start. Mm. And that's maybe where you could possibly cause an injury if you're looking at the sort of pre-training. Mm. So... As with the sort of you were saying about the post post race or post training, it's more about getting into a good routine with a nice cool down, a little bit of stretching, and then what I tend to advise people is, you know, once you've had your shower, you've refueled yourself, is then have another little bit of a stretch through and find anywhere that maybe you have worked a little bit harder, has got a little bit tighter, and you can iron that out before your body then goes into that regenerative phase. And you maybe then end up at the start of your next training session with a muscle that's too tight. And that's what could then cause an injury later on. Because you want to make sure you go into the next training session in that nice, balanced, mobile state. In terms of the types of stretching, are we looking at doing static stretching, dynamic stretching? Does it matter too much? Static stretching is obviously the easiest thing to do. Uh, most what of us know matter, what's static stretching? It's a case of putting the muscle onto uh, a stretch and just holding it there. So it's sort of a slightly uncomfortable but not painful position and holding it. And that can be anything from 15 seconds through to 30, 40 seconds or, or even longer. If you're looking just to maintain muscle length, so it doesn't, 
the muscle hasn't shortened, you haven't got a problem with that muscle, 15, 20 seconds is probably about okay. If you've realized you've got a tight muscle somewhere and you need to do something about it, then you need to be looking at more like the 30 to 40 seconds. So again, when it comes to this stretching, there's no blanket advice on you should do your hamstring stretches for 30 seconds, three or four times after every single run, because you might not need to do that. Your hamstrings might be fine. Mm. Or it might be, do you know what? Your right hamstring is getting really, really tight. Your left one's okay. So you only need to be doing the left one for 20 seconds, but the right one you need to do more like 30 or 40 seconds. So again, it's, it's not having that just recipe that you just follow. It's matching it to what your body is telling you. So, so it's really you, being responsive to, to yeah, again, what your body's telling you, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but then you were saying about uh, P&F stretching, um, yeah. which is the kind of hold, relax. So let's use the hamstring as another example again. Maybe you, you put your, your heel up on a chair and you gently push down your, your heel into that chair so you contract your hamstring. You hold that contraction for around about sort of six or seven seconds, and then you relax, and then you put it onto a stretch. So that's one way of doing a PNF stretch. Mm-hmm. And you hold that stretch for, let's say, sort of 15, 20 seconds, and then you do another contraction. And you try and ease into that stretch a little bit further, a little bit further. PNF stretching has been shown to be more effective than static stretching when it's done correctly. So the important thing is either getting shown how to do these stretches correctly or stick with the static stretching, which is pretty easy, pretty safe to do, as long as you're not pushing it too hard. What, so, what about the so people now, that fall under sort of Bevan's category that um, haven't, you know, don't really stretch much at all? Uh-huh. Um, and you know, post race, post training, yet they seem to be able to get away with it. Are they, are they missing something, or is it just different body types um, respond in different ways? Absolutely, it it may well be that. Bevan is blessed with a body that uh, doesn't He's need not to do. I'm blessed to tell you, <laughs> but it, it could just be that that's the way you're made, and you can get away with it. And the other thing is probably within the nature of your work and the number of classes you're doing, you're taking your body through a yeah. full range of movements a lot of the time during the day. Yeah. You're not like the you know the vast majority of us who unfortunately spend countless hours sat at our desk or sat in cars getting chair shaped. So our our hip flexors get really, really tight. Our glutes get weak. And then suddenly we expect to jump off out of our desk, head to the gym or head out for a run with tight hip flexors and glutes that aren't firing properly because we've been sat in a chair all day. Mm -hmm. So that's when you do need to think about some mobility drills. And I use the word mobility rather than stretching because we don't want to be statically stretching these muscles and trying to force them out. But what we want to do maybe beforehand is kind of tease our muscles into the right range of movement. So we're getting into a a good alignment. We're not stiff in any particular areas. But what we're not doing is weakening those tissues before we go out for a run. Mm. So that comes into the sort of warm-up and doing a thorough warm-up. Taking your body through those ranges of movement is more important than just statically stretching yourself out you, know, you go to these, you go to races and you see guys absolutely stone cold, get out of the car, do a few calf stretches and then stand on the start line of a running race. Mm. They're doing themselves no favours at all. It's far better to go for a, a you know, fast walk into a light jog, maybe do a few gentle running drills, just get yourself warmed up, taking those tissues through the range of movement ready for the activity you're going to do. And again, you know, as runners, we, we're not expecting to get our ankles up around our, our shoulders or anything like that. 
we don't need massive amounts of movement. We don't we don't need to take our muscles to the absolute end of their range when we're actually running. We just need to make sure that within that range that we are going to be using, that our, our bodies are ready for it. And the same goes for, for swimming. Um, it's making sure that you know our shoulders and our hips are, are feeling nice and loose beforehand, but not specifically stretching them out to the end of their ranges. And, and I think that's a, one of the key, I mean, that's the research that I've seen cited several times is the, the static stretching before competition um, or before training it certainly seems to have a uh, detrimental effect, yet you still turn up at a lot of races and you see guys doing you know, static arm stretches with their, with their arms, with their legs before going into the swim. And so is what you're saying, you know, definitely uh, in terms of a warm-up, whether it be in training or racing, you're much better off doing dynamic stuff, you know, arm circles, running drills, um, you know, gentle plyometrics, rather than standing there doing static stretches, which can actually, you know, as you said, have a, a, a decrease in power performance. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other sort of caveat to that, though, is it's part, if it's part of your routine that you have always done a little bit of stretching as part of your warm-up, and I mean you have always done it, yeah. and it's worked for you, so you know it hasn't resulted in you picking up lots of injuries, then I would say it's fine to carry on because the other part of your warm-up is – that routine and it's the psychological preparation for the activity you're going to do and maybe as part of your race you need to go through that little process to get yourself in the mindset of okay we are racing now but bear in mind if you do a lot of static stretching you're going to have that negative effect on the muscles but maybe just doing a little bit of light stretching you know five ten second very light stretching that's absolutely fine you know we're not going to get too excited about that so in terms of any other stuff you've sort of seen come out of the research that people might um, find interesting that, that is sort of uh, contradicts what, what we sometimes see popping up in the, the common media? Well, the common media sort of keeps flagging up every so often saying, you know, don't do stretching, it increases the risk of injury or, yeah. you know, stretching is a waste of time. And they're kind of generalising um, really from a couple of, of main studies, big studies, um, which have not necessarily been done brilliantly um, and not rather expandable into our sort of population, for example. There's one big study looking at army recruits. And the study was, you know, does a single 20-second stretch before you go and do some exercise have any effect on whether you get injured or not? (laughs) Well, surprise, surprise, no, it doesn't. (laughs) But that doesn't necessarily mean that stretching is a waste of time. So... It's take a lot of these things you get in the common media with a with a pinch of salt, mm. and one and wonder where they've got that information from. So, listen to your own body is, is the main advice. Know what range of movement you need to do the activities you're doing. So we're obviously talking about triathlon here. So if your shoulders, if you can't get your arms above your head into a streamlined position there's something wrong with the flexibility in your shoulders. So perhaps that would be a good thing to work on. If you can't bend down and get your fingers to your knees, perhaps those hamstrings are a little bit too tight. And really you should be doing something about that. And, you know, if you can't stand up straight because your hip flexors are too tight, if you can't stand with your back against a wall and, and tuck your bum in so you get your back flat against the wall, for example, uh, without that pulling on the front of your hips, then really 
are you going to be getting a decent leg drive when you're running? Are you going to be able to push that heel backwards and activate those glutes? Possibly not. Mm. So again, you need to maybe work on something around that. But then there's also looking at your own injury history. You know, if you've had muscle pulls, if you've had injuries, you know, you've torn muscles, you've got areas which are stiff and tight, then you're going to have to put your own extra little bit of work into those areas to balance you out. And that's the thing. It's about getting some balance between all the muscles throughout your body so that some areas aren't too tight, other areas aren't too weak. But don't just take a stretching program off the shelf, out of a magazine, and just think, right, I'm doing that full stop. The thing to do is learn what your body does and doesn't do, and then match your own stretching program around what you need to address. And if you need to go and see a personal trainer, a physio, you know, see your coach to get some ideas on, on maybe some areas you need to work on, then do that. But then take that advice and then, and then follow it through and get yourself into good routine and good habits so that you're just always working on those areas. And then you'll be okay. Mm. So, you, so ultimately you're really saying you, you, it's, it's responding to your body's needs and if you've got some habits around stretching they are actually a good thing to maintain but it's really about looking to your body's needs warming up in a way that's actually around the movement of the sport and, yep. and, and then you know using professionals to help you understand the stretches that you may need to do for certain areas for you yes exactly I mean the classic example is you know somebody that's come to triathlon you know later on uh, I think one chap um, rugby league player uh, professional rugby league player uh, very very good never did any stretching stretching was a waste of time for him absolutely for rugby league because he wanted to be stiff and tight yep. comes to triathlon different sport needs to balance out some of those areas that have got a lot stiffer mm. so the attitude towards stretching had to change mm. and it could be somebody that you know has come to triathlon from a more like a, a dance or a ballet type background you know where flexibility and that mobility is is more important and then they actually need to do more in the way of stability work. Mm. So it's not a case of everybody has to stretch. There are certain people out there that don't. Uh, and Bevan, you might be one of those people that yeah. naturally are flexible enough. Mm. Uh, you know, we all sit on a spectrum. Some people are very, very stiff. Some people are hypermobile. You know, they're too mobile. Um, and those people certainly don't want to be doing any stretching. They want to be doing more the stability work. So I guess that's, that's my sort of final question is, um, you know, say if, if somebody's thinking right about my running, um, if I improve my um, my flexibility through my hip flexors, um, I'll be able to pull my leg through a bit easier. Can you go too far in the the wrong way in terms of going, right, I really want really to make some big gains in my flexibility, not necessarily to improve um, my injury prevention. I'm more for range of motion. More, more for, can range of motion actually help performance? And is there sort of a cutoff where you go, well, you know, for, for some runners, you know, they, they want to have a, a certain element of tightness in there? Yeah, good question. Um, you can certainly end up stretching things out too much and losing that stability right so yeah. that the muscles then aren't stabilizing your joints properly mm-hmm. or you're not controlling that movement properly and therefore you're opening yourself up to to other problems and instability issues and and therefore an injury certainly um if you think about just the range of movement you need for running it's not that big but there are a lot of people who are going to be spending too much time sat in their chairs and getting stiff and can't actually get their knees anywhere past their hips out the back. You know, if you think about uh, hip drive out the back. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, yes, certainly work on it, but 
not to the detriment that you can't actually stand and balance on your leg and do a single leg squat, for example. Mm. So, yeah, looking at are you still stable enough to, to stand on one leg and do some balance exercises? If you can't do that, then perhaps you've gone too far. Oh, interesting so, stuff. So, Tim, where, where can people get in touch with you if they, uh, if they want to find out about the stuff that you do? Uh, cheers, yeah. Our, well, the clinic website is theperformanceclinic.co.uk. Um, or otherwise I'm usually found on Tritalk, which is where a lot of your listeners will know me from. Yep, great. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. And, and you got what, what's your racing schedule for this uh, for the next year coming? Um, well, I'm taking a step back from Ironman. I'm just doing uh, sort of a bit of middle distance stuff next year. Um, yes. Need to finish off my Masters and getting married in May. So Life's about thoughts. to change, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm coming back to Ironman in, in 2013. I've got a, a few few things kind of in the pipeline for that. But the idea is try and get faster in individual distances, uh, try and bag that sub three hour marathon and uh, nice. a few other little bits and pieces. Well, good well, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Tim. That's All awesome. Right. You cleared right. up plenty of, uh, plenty of gray areas for us. Interesting interview, John. It is because there is so much information out there about you know you, all of a sudden you see the latest phase the latest craze yeah. come in oh don't stretch you don't need to stretch it's a waste of time or, well that's the problem with mainstream media isn't it they just kind of pick it here about some research mm. and it just, here's, oh, here's a piece I can do right on today barefoot running you've got to go do it everybody's got to do it and, and we, you know, we've talked about our opinions on that but it's you just got to everything it's just got to just take a chill out look at the studies and you'd be a bit of a schizo if you followed every piece of information that came out wouldn't it yeah. one day you'd be stretching next day you'd be doing yoga next day you'd be doing anything but that's what a lot of people do um, and yeah. so that was part of Tim. Tim heard us talking about that on a show, and you know, I was saying I've got to stretch, and there's some research saying that you, that you don't need to stretch. I'm like, well, that's bullshit for me because if I don't, John, do it, yeah, John, did you just swear? I did. Wow. Start the You're new year on promising that. Whereas Bevan sits there and says he doesn't do any stretching and, and doesn't get injured from that. So I think Tim rounded it up really nicely, and uh, hopefully you guys have learnt plenty from that. Very good. Okay, John, what are we doing, sponsor? We've got an interview now with Sebastian from SLS. Okay, let's be upfront about this, John. So we've got a couple of new sponsors coming on board, and, and tell them how we're going to be rolling this, because you know I think we we've don't, got want, different we don't le- want our show to be too sponsor-filled. We've got different levels of sponsors, so we've got what we call our associate sponsors, which are the guys that you, you all know and, and love, the, you know, Coffees of Hawaii, um, Extreme Endurance, and, and Athlinks, and then we're going to have different guys coming in at different levels. They may be sponsoring a particular segment of the show so it might be the website of the week brought to you by SLS or um, and we've got training peaks coming on board as well so we're going to be really mindful that it's not going to become a full hour and a half of adverts uh, but there's going to be they're going to be coming in for smaller amounts during the show and uh, and SLS is one of those and Sebastian the listener of the show so he knows what what, what we're on about and uh, and he sent me over a bit of the, the product as, as we discuss and Again, we've just sort of mentioned stretching and there's misinformation out there about that sometimes and, and compression as well. There's, there's, there's some research out there saying X, Y, Z. There's some saying other things. Um, but anecdotally for me, and again, this is what I always like to do is give my impressions of, of how it works, is for recovery, I just find it works. You know, um, you put, if, I, if I'm not wearing compression... Um, uh, my legs tend to get a bit sore and it, it definitely helps with the, the swelling side of things and just like I was talking to a, a couple of athletes that I coach one you know he had a lot of Achilles problems and he said as soon as he started using compression socks no more Achilles problems and, really? I've, and wow. I've found that with my, myself as well especially with long runs as I get a lot less calf pain a lot less Achilles issues um, around that 
and then yesterday I was actually just talking to a girl, you know her, Nicolette, um, yep, uh, and she was just saying to me, you know, she has a lot of, uh, seems to be getting plantar issues on the bike, yep. and um, an axle suggested to her, oh, why don't you just try wearing some um, some compression socks or some, some some sleeves on your legs, and she said she went out and did a five-hour ride and never had any, had any problems since. So we often look for the performance games, but it's often just other little Small areas that that, that um, we get the proof from. is in the pudding, John. Hmm. So, um, I'm a big believer in, in compression gear, and um, and so Sebastian's going to tell us a little bit about why their gear is different. Because that I did find when the, when it first turned up, the, the tight it's not a, it's not a training tight. It's more of a certainly a recovery tight, and uh, and it feels feels nice. Okay, John, well, let's chuck it on. Right, it's exciting times on Iron Talk. Exciting times, John. We're starting the new year. We've got. Uh, a new sponsor on the show, and what that means is the special deals for you guys, the uh, I Am Talk listening community. So we've got SLS um, coming on board with Sebastian Link. So welcome along for the show, Sebastian. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Cool. So tell us a bit about um, SLS and, uh, you know, it's, it's compression gear and, and triathlon racing gear. So tell, tell us a bit about why you sort of got into the, into the business and a little background um, on yourself. Uh, we started back in 2008, late 2008. I studied sports back in Germany and sports science, I have to say. Yeah. And I've always been interested in apparel and the way it can improve your performance. And in 2008, the opportunity came up to do something, so we jumped on it yeah. and have been in business ever since. Nice. And you've obviously you've got a couple of um, you know you've got you've got a couple of different ranges there. You've got your compression gear and your your racing gear. So you know, there's obviously there's there's quite a bit of competition out there in the the compression market. What's sort of different about the the SLS product? Because that's certainly something I noticed when it first turned up for me to try on. Is um, is it is a little bit different to other stuff I've tried. Uh, you're right. We do have the compression line, which consists of socks, sleeves, full leg sleeves. We have the quad sleeves and the recovery tide. Mm-hmm. And our stuff is designed by medical professionals. They've been in the medical compression industry for more than 15 years. Wow. And the stuff has been made in facilities that specialize on medical compression products. Everything we do compression-wise is seamless. So it's perfect for us to control the compression uh, okay. and a lot more comfortable than something with seams. And it also guarantees the graduated compression. Because that was the first thing I noticed when I put it on. The, the material of the recovery um, tights is it's more of a, I don't know, it, it feels more like a traditional tight than, than a sort of a uh, synthetic sort of uh, material that you get from a lot of the other ones. That's true, yeah. That's the main difference between us and the other guys. And we're using two different knits in the tights, for example. They are very tight on the bottom part and up the legs, but then around the hips and the butt, it's a little bit more loose just to make it a little bit more comfortable. Cool. And so what about your your racing gear? Tell us a bit about that. Uh, The racing gear, the apparel, is made in the U.S. Mm Mm-hmm. We're using Italian fabrics, and for our high-end line, we're using, for example, a warp knit. Mm -hmm. A warp knit has no natural stretch, 
So it's again perfect for us to control the compression. Our main competitors use a circular knit, which has natu a natural stretch. So it makes it harder to maintain the correct levels of compression. Mm -hmm. The fabrics also come with a lot of features. For example, pilling resistant. It's very light. It's about 50% flatter than a regular fabric. It's SPF 50, so you get the sun protection. It's chlorine resistant. We're using cold black on everything that is black with our garments. Cold black is a sun reflector and UV protector. Yeah, so, so you that, don't heat up. So that's a big, a big issue for some people. They, you know, traditional thinking is that if you wear something black, you're going to get hot. Um, um, We've seen a lot of athletes wear white and cone, haven't we? Yeah. 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 We just came out with that um, feature last year. It's a Schoeller technology. It's very nice. We can actually see the difference when we're using a digital thermometer mm -hmm. in the sun. And we are also having a Teflon coating on our speed suit. It's cold black treated and Teflon coated, so you can use it, for example, in Kona for just the swim part or even for the entire race because it has a small fleece pad in it. Mm -hmm. So those are the main points on our compression and tri-apparel. Cool. So if people want to buy it, um, what, where's your, your web, how can they get it? Can they get it online? Do they need to go to shops? Um, is it worldwide? Fill us in on where people can get um, the gear. You can get our stuff online at slstry.com. Mm -hmm. And we also have a lot of shops in the U.S. Just go to the website, look under dealers, and you will see a lot of dealers and hopefully someone in your area. Mm -hmm. If you're outside the U.S., we do ship outside. We have some distributors, so you might want to check our website to see if we have distributors in your country. If not, just pop us an email or order online, and we'll send it to you. Cool. And w the good thing is we've got for... Promotion code. That's what we always want to hear, isn't it, John? Yes. So, so I use the code IMTALK, and that's good for 25%. 25% is so awesome. We're starting the new year in a good way. So and, and obviously you've got um, a couple of athletes that um, that use the gear as well. We've got the good old the glove man Pete Rabrusik who comes down here regularly to New Zealand. Uh, yes, we do have. Uh, I just got the contract from Helene Bidefart. She's with us another year. We're very happy about that. Then we do have Chris McDonald, great guy. He lives in Tucson. Yes. We have Jessica Jacobs. She won Ironman Florida last year, and she's with us for two years at least now nice. so we're very happy about that we don't have that many athletes we focus on some co-athletes and we want to work with them for as long as possible awesome so if anybody wants to get the uh, some uh, some compression gear for I have the to say guys I'm just on this site right now and, and the prices are pretty reasonable in themselves you know like for a pair of pants you're paying 79 US, which, you know, if you look at the other competitors out, you're paying over 200, 200 bucks for a pair of tights. So, um, and the IM Talk discount, it's a bit of a no-brainer, guys. So check it out because they've got some really great products on here. And with our discount code, it's a bit of a good one. So check it out. SLSTry.com. So, Sebastian, thank you very much for your time. And we'll, uh, we'll be keeping in touch with you over the coming months and weeks. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. Cool. What I will say is, and I did say this in the interview, is, is 
guys, it's really cheap stuff. Like if you look at some of the other brands out there, you're paying up to 200 bucks in New Zealand, over $200 for a pair of tights, and they're mm. like 79 US. So in New Zealand, that's like 100 bucks. And then if you add the IM Talk discount, 25% off, guys. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a no-brainer. So go to www.slstry.com. I'll put a link to that on www.im Talk this week. And you can go down there, you can check it out, and you can actually get it, the product. And, and as John was saying, it's really great. I haven't actually checked it out yet, but um, check it out because – for me, because I'm fundamentally a tight ass, for me... And you've got a tight ass. Well, you know, it's because I train hard. Yes. Yes, it is. And um, and because I need to wear some compression just to keep that tightness in there. Yes. But, you know, for me, it's, it's just a, it's a really good deal. And obviously, it's a pretty great product as well. So yeah. get on it, guys. So code is IMTalk, website slstry.com. And make sure you just go on. The, the, for all our sponsors, it's really important that you guys go and give them a little bit of feedback. Go on their Facebook page. Think with say you're fantastic for supporting IMTalk. Give them the love. And, and uh, share the love. And so what's going to be happening, just so you guys know what's happening with the advertisers, the free that we always use at the start and the end of the show will always be there. And then which the, the new ones, we're just kind of more just doing quick intros into lead sections. So just we need to be upfront about that. Let's do some questions and answers. Questions and answers. Okay, well, first of all, John, there's a new book out. And uh, you, you're pretty interested in it. Well, I, I was um, doing my piece for today's show, and one of the sites that I go to is everymantry.com, and so they, they often have some good news stories on there. Um, and I saw, yeah, there's a book called um, The Doper Next Door, and there's an interview on there um, for, for about half an hour or so. With is that an audio? Uh, audio, a video, video, um, yep. okay. video yep. one. And it's about a guy who basically took drugs for a year. And I have a feeling that it's the same guy that wrote that article um, in the outside, uh, outside Sports yep. because he, he is a writer. Obviously, he wrote a book. Um, but he, he said similar things to there, and, and he mentioned Outside Sports books. So I, I'm wondering if he has taken that article that he did in the book uh, in, in the magazine and extended, and extended it. it out into a whole book. And it's just it sounds like fascinating did stuff. Did you listen to the whole interview? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about it. Well, he just talks about not the psychological impacts of taking drugs. So he took a, a, a full variety of, of drugs. He was taking testosterone. He wasn't taking – I don't think he took EPO. Um, but I think he was taking things that are readily available and you can get your hands on quite, quite easily, quite, relatively easily. Um, and, yeah, he talks about the, the psychological changes that happened. You know, his, as in what? Well, as in uh, he, he lost his temper a, a little bit. Uh, oh, he lost it. Lost his temper, yeah, because of the increase in, in testosterone. Um, so he wasn't so tired all the time and wasn't so on edge. Well, he was more on edge. Like he lost no, his I, temper with his with his oh, wife. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant the temper disappeared. No, like, no, oh. his temper became um, more of a problem. Much, much, yeah, became a bit of a problem. Um, and just how the, the different way that his friends looked at him in terms of um, was he uh, was he honest about what he was doing with a couple of his friends yeah um so they sort of knew also he had a coach at the time it was a distant coaching and he said he sort of couldn't really face his coach which was intentionally why he had a distance coach um that was away from oh here we go no i don't think it is i don't I think it's your phone Oh well, it's it's be honest. Uh, so it, was, it sounded really interesting. Haven't did, read, did he talk about the, um, the cost? Uh, he did a little bit, but I can't recall that. But the, the, the EPO is where it's going to cost you really hit you in the pocket in a big way. So I, I guess the cost perhaps wasn't such an issue because I I'd imagine if it is the same guy that was doing the magazine, they was probably getting paid for it. Yeah, but I'm, sure. I'm just more interested to see. Mm. I would. I, that's a totally different world to me. You know, I'd be I'd be fascinated mm. to see what. You know, for people who are using performance-enhancing drugs, is it something that's quite accessible to the everyday Joe, or is mm. it, 
or is it really you have to be kind of a bit wealthier to, to actually uh, be able to I'm afford pick, it? I'm picking you probably do, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try, probably get it myself a copy of the book and I'll uh, I'll give it a read and let people yeah, know. Well, well, so it's, like called, it's, it's called the Doper Next Door, and you can go and see the interview on EveryManTry.com. But I just thought people might be interested about that. Well, good old Lee Wallington sent through, and he's just saying um, Happy New Year's, Happy New Year, Happy Lee. Year, Lee. And uh, just listening to the Jerry um, Jerry Brownlee. <laughs> Jerry Brownlee, <laughs> he's a politician in New Zealand. Um, one of the Brownlee brothers on Competitor, and he was talking about he hopes to do an Ironman in the next few years yes that'd be fascinating wouldn't it it would i wouldn't be surprised if he blew to pieces in an iron man he just he seems like the kind of guy this is um uh, i think he was probably jonathan, t- oh, i was talking jonathan brown jay yeah. brownley okay yeah. well races in a similar fashion to alistair alistair seems like the type of guy who's just gonna go after it and go balls out and uh i just get the feeling that he may Blah, blah. I think he would be exceptional, and if he used a power meter and paced himself appropriately, I think he'd be amazing. Um, probably. Why is but, it so hard? You know, because every pro you talk to have come from ITU, they've gone, "Oh, you know, everyone told me to be easy, and I mean, but I was halfway through the race and I was killing it, and then next thing you know, I blew up." Like, why is that? Is it because I'm not in this? Well, they're not taught to control. Well, when when you're racing at an ITU level, you're not using those tools available to you because it's it's a reactive reactive responsive situation so you're basically going balls out in the swim to come out as high as you can the bike you know you just got to react to the different situations and if you attack bugger looking at power meter you go and you go as hard as you can and the run the way that they do typically run the, the the course and i don't necessarily agree with that is they go hard out the first couple of Ks and just try to smash things to pieces, settle a bit, and then bring it home with what they've got. Um, do we, and do so we, it's does a different anybody mindset. in ITU, you know, so this, you're saying they get off the bike, they smash it, they try to mentally break the field. Mm. Does anybody not respond to that but then catch up at the end of it? Well, they, they, they do, but it's probably not the guy, they're not necessarily the guys that are winning the races. But if you looked at, sometimes if you look at guys that are maybe finishing, I don't know, 5 through 15, yep, they may have done that, but they may have been 30th place uh, at the early on in the run. But you, never, but you never see like a dockery go, no, these guys will go because they'll die, and then I'll catch them at the end. Not at the moment, no. No, it's, 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 it is pretty rare, which, I is, suppose which, which, is, which, move, is, which is why others are too scared to try it. You know, the young guys coming through think this is the, the way you've got to race. Yeah. Um, but we know from you know, watching world records being set at 10,000 metres and things like that and marathons, um, someone like Paula Radcliffe, she will get progressively faster through the race and it's a more efficient way of doing it. That's, a, that's another long story for another day. It's a long story, John, for another day. Yes. Okay, John, what else? We've got here. We've got an email through from the Juicinator at uh, tryjuice.com and he's saying, Nick uh, Morales, he's yep. saying that there's a, there's a guy who basically did there's many 70.3s in the world and this year he's James Lawrence. He, last year he set a world record for the number of 70.3s right? And this year he's going to try to do 30 Ironman in one year. And he thought he was he was onto a winner here. He thought he was going to set a, set a record. But apparently there's another guy that's doing doing the same deal. And but both, the guy's out to do 27. Okay. Both these guys um, were doing the Naples race at the weekend. We should have checked out and see, seen how James did. Uh, so they did Naples, the hits race at the weekend. What I find fascinating, John, start it. With, with stuff like this is how can you afford it? You know, like to do 30 mm. Ironman in a year... Well, yeah, let's say just average five hundred bucks. You there's fifteen grand in entry fees, mm. you know, and, and and then you've got to put your travel, you've got to put your time off work, you've got to put like the commitment. Like this guy's doing it, James Lawrence. He's doing it for his um his organisation, trying to give a damn. Yeah. So he's doing it for a really great cause. He's doing it to promote a, and these guys are actually funding to get water to some low you know low desol areas in the world, and um. So he's doing it for a really great cause, but the cost in itself, you're probably looking at a hundred thousand dollar endeavor, wouldn't you be at least? 
don't know, but it'd be a lot. I, I would imagine there's probably close on thirty races in the states in North America that you could do it. But they even said that, saying that that's a lot of a lot of travel around America, and you've got a couple of nights accommodation every place. Yeah. And uh, and where are you going to do some work? You're going to be travelling the whole time. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it would be a lot. You're exactly right. Pretty crazy. It's, it's awesome. I think it's really great. Like, I, I, if, if he gets it, whoever gets it out of the two, we'll interview them at the end of the year. How about that's the deal? That's the race. Okay. Because I'd, I'd love to talk to them about the body side of it to see what actually is happening to them physically. You know, I imagine they don't yeah. race very fast. Yeah, that's the thing. It's and they probably end up walking most of the marathons. Well, even if you just jog the marathon, like I'm, I, I, mate, it would still be incredibly hard. But if you were to tell me to go out and do, you know, every weekend in one year, I mean, doing it safe from home, go and do an iron distance um, simulation once a week, it would be a, it'd be a challenge. Don't underestimate it, John. Um, not underestimate it, but I'm saying if you raced it, that would be incredibly difficult. Oh, totally different. But even yeah. then, you'd think 30, 30 marathons in a year. Mm-hmm. sounds pretty hard. 30 mm-hmm. Ironman. Um, the other thing that Nick from TriJuice was saying um, is that uh, there's 57 qualifying races across 26 countries in the 70.3 series this year, and there's going to be a race in every month in 2012. First time ever. Hmm. Ever, ever, ever. Maybe. Okay, John, well, I, I got an email I pulled up here from good old Morton telling me off. Yes. Did you get that one? Yeah. He called me a liar. Yeah, you are a liar, Ben. Oh, well, Damn you, liar. I take, I take pride in the fact I'm quite honest. <laughs> so he's saying that I was saying on the show, I think before Christmas, that if you put a carbon bike on a wind trainer, it's probably not too good for the bike. And he's saying, actually, you're wrong. And he sent through this article from turbostudio.com, frames indoors. I'll put a link on www.imtalk.me. And it's a PDF saying, I didn't actually read the article from Morton because you called me a liar. But he's basically disputing that. And he's saying, actually, it's not too bad for bikes at all. I haven't read the article yet, but I, I, will, I will back you up. Even that was a, a belief that I had that it's not great for carbon bikes. Um, and so were you lying, John? No, no you, 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 you were, I wasn't, but, <laughs> but no, it wasn't, 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 wasn't lying, lying's not in the correct world. If, if we were wrong, and I haven't read the article yet, we will retract that statement. We didn't perpetuate the lies, we're just naive, <laughs> ignorant, so, of course, we, ignorant, we don't mind that. We'll go check that out, <laughs> but, but apparently it's not too bad, apparently, allegedly. Allegedly it's not too bad for your bike, so, although if I just bought a brand new bike, I still wouldn't do it. No, no, no. <laughs> CoffeesofHawaii.com. Oh, sponsor, la sponsor, Coffees of Hawaii, John. What's happening? They've got their mule skinner out now. It's a natural dried Arabica coffee roasted in a rich dark finish. A hearty coffee for the true coffee lover with a husky, husky. smooth full body. Uh, 2011 cupping profile. Um, So it must have come out just before the end of the year. Um, One of the best dark roast offerings grown to date. Ideal, drier than normal harvest conditions. Allowed consistent quality over ripening of cherries in the trees and controlled and husk ageing after harvest. The result, a bold and nutty cup with a hint of spice and a rich, lingering mouth feel. So you just what, sold that, mate. You were like, you were like a, a professional like, speaker there. It is one of their um, husky pop, feel. One of the really popular uh, coffees from Coffees of Hawaii. So um, theme today, the codes, use I am talk at checkout and you get 25% off. This is where I get confused, Bevan. We've got too many codes and I don't know if it's 2025, 20, but most of them are John's obviously tried to step up for this year because normally we, yeah, he's just going, okay, we'll talk about Moleskine and uh, Muleskine, and, and so we go on the site. And, but this, the show notes have gone up a gear, team. They've gone up a gear because he's telling, he doesn't just say he's, we're going to talk about this. He's, he's copied it off the website. He's put mm-hmm. it on the page. He's got each of the links and the discount codes and what they're worth to you. Yeah, so the, you've you stepped want, it up, mate. I love your work. If you want to get the recurring delivery, it's I am talk HH. The regular discount code is I am talk. So start your year on a positive. And both note. of them you get twenty five percent off. Yes. Sensational. I have to get some more coffee. Belinda's got a new coffee machine. I have a proper, proper, oh, really? a proper shebang. 
Wow, where'd that come from? Parents. Because uh, her mother, her mother, it's perfectly working in perfectly good, fine order. But her mother decided she wanted another one. What's so that she, about? So she bought another one. So we've got this one. Well, so we're now grinding the beans. Oh, do you know what, John? Out. I was actually watching something on YouTube. I might even do more. I'm going to do coffee facts next week. Okay, and I'm going to give you one right now. But around the 1600s in the UK, mm-hmm. everyone used to drink alcohol because it was the only safe, like water actually wasn't safe. Right. So they drank alcohol all the time. And so literally the main source of fluid was alcohol. Mm-hmm. And around, the, I don't know exactly 1600s, but around that time, they went to drinking coffee and tea that became the main way of drink. And they reckon that that was one of the biggest shifts in intellectual movement in, in human, human kind of in the UKs at the time. Because alcohol is a depressant, and coffee mm. and tea are a stimulant, right? And they actually they're up and not a downer, and so they, they went from a drink that was a you know downer mm-hmm. to a drink that was an upper, and they reckon they actually had a huge influence on the intellectual age at that time. So make your inter- intellectual age higher now by getting out of coffee Zawai and get yourself. I'm going to next week. How about each week I have a coffee fact for you because this right. was pretty cool. There you go. Set yourself a challenge. There <laughs> you go. Set, you put it out there. Not for the whole year, just for the next couple of weeks. Okay. Okay, John. What's happening? Oh, so sponsors are coffeesofwai.com. Check, check, check it out. Extreme Endurance. Uh, get it. And Athlinks.com. Beautiful. Nice. Okay, John. So what's it's been? What, three weeks since I've seen you? Oh, it's been such a long time. I, I cried myself to sleep at night every night. I yeah. lay there just shaking, you know. It's, where's John? Yeah, that's John. right. Oh, okay. um, I got excited. Christmas has been gone. How was Christmas? Okay, wait a second. How was Christmas Day? Christmas Day? What, I had to the, go with the house. The, so I the, promised John that I'd help him move the house for the kids yeah. for like a month Le- leading up to it. Months leading down. Text me in the night. Oh, I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to move a, uh, a, a, a bloody heavy. How many people did you get in the end? Well, I needed eight. Ooh. So we had to move a And you just went knocked on the neighbours' doors? No, we, had, we, we arranged for the neighbours to have a party So we just got people across from the party um, You arranged for the neighbours to yeah. have a party So that you get people They were, they were having a party anyway But I said <laughs> And they rang me up And I said The kids aren't asleep yet We'd, we'd been across there just, just hold your people there a bit longer They, yeah. they all wanted to go home It's Christmas Eve And then we came, they came across We had eight of us lifting it up And getting it over my little little fence And uh, it's in place and it's all Do good. you back in? Sorry? Did you do your back in? No, I was directing traffic. Oh, no. <laughs> you didn't even lift so, it. <laughs> so, I was, so I was all good. So the height... Why, why didn't Belinda direct traffic? Oh, she was, she was lifting that little thing. Um, didn't want to hurt her back either. Uh, so Christmas is all good, and the hype around it with the kiddies is, is quite exciting. And, yeah, we just had a nice little... Where'd you get Belinda? Tennis racket. Oh, no, I knew that. Yeah, you had yeah, a game? I had a, black, had a couple of games of tennis, yeah. Go right, did you beat her? Yep, we're pretty even, but I took her down. Did you? Yep, take her down. I yep. suck at tennis. Yep, so do I, but we, we both do, so it's not too bad. Uh, Where did you play? Down at the park? Yeah, there's free tennis courts down the road, Hillsborough, Hillsborough Park. Yep. Yeah. Uh, other than that, got my running back on track. Snip seems to have recovered from oh, the snip. Oh, you the snip, didn't you? The double snip. That's right, yeah. So I had I that. it works this time. Yes, let's, let's hope so. <laughs> so I, had a couple, I managed to get back into training after a couple of days, which was pretty um, pretty optimistic of me. Had the tight undies on and I was all good. Been running pretty consistently since then, not running fast, but got challenged Wanaka in a uh, week and a half's time. So. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, really. So you started your training two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll be on fire, Bevan. I will be on fire. Sub 2.30. What, what did you run down there? I think I did 2.42. 2.42? Yep. That might be a little bit of a stretch. I surprised myself that day. I, had a really, I just had a, like, I don't know, I wasn't really f- focusing on time, but I just had a good day, you know what I mean? It just felt good. Mm. And off to Kiteria in a couple of weeks. Um, Bevan, what about you? 
Um, well, we were meant to go to Wanaka with Porno and the crew, so mm. we had Christmas Day. It was really good. Um, what did I get Joe for Christmas? Don't know. Oh, uh, this year, I'm normally good, really good when it comes to you're Christmas. No, you're not going to your cheese. Your cheese. What do you mean? Do you, do you give her a name, like a nickname or anything? Well, like Honey Bunny. No, you gave, didn't you give your, um, your mother-in-law-to-be or whatever a, a middle name or something for a Oh, present? we did too, yeah. Margot. Yeah. That was a good one. Come on, John. <laughs> okay, what did you get? Because you didn't what, have a middle name. What did you get, Joe? We, well, no, this year I was a bit weak. Yeah. So we went and just chose presents. Okay. Yeah, so I was really struggling this year. Mm-hmm. But I got her a nice bangle and some, oh, some ornament thing and some oil and stuff. So she was happy with it. That's the main thing. And then uh, what did I get? I can't remember what I got. What did you get? You get tennis record as well? Tennis record. His and hers. I can't remember what Joe got me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't even bother next time, Joe. He doesn't remember. But we were meant to go to Wanaka and, and one of our rental properties got smashed up in the earthquake on the 23rd. So what happened was we've got this rental property and it's um it's Joe's old place basically. And what it is is it's a three-story unit and the toilet fell off the wall and the earthquake broke the pipe. And so what happened was... The water started coming out of the wall. Now, if the tenants were home, it wouldn't have been a problem. They just would have turned off the tap. But the tenants were away for like four or five days. So we got a call a few days after Christmas saying, oh, we just got home. And it's been like a waterfall through the place. And so the kitchen roof, like basically, that was not destroyed, but it's going to be a lot of work. So we couldn't go on holiday. So we ended up going to Hamlet for a few nights, mm-hmm. which is very good. And uh, you know what? It's been great. I've never been so lazy in my life. I don't think I've slept in the last three weeks. I probably slept more than what I would have, like as in sleepings in my whole entire life. It's going to be hard to get back into a routine. Well, this morning was the first day I had to get up at 6 o'clock and the alarm went over. I've just had two days of two nights of camping in our back garden with the kids. How'd that go? It was somewhat challenging. So but you, uh, you came here this morning at 6 o'clock, you just leave them outside, did you? No, they were up. Oh, of course. <laughs> they were up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no sleeping's in our place. Um, so Belinda goes to bed. <laughs> yeah, Belinda goes to bed. I go out camping with the kids. Practice. First time we've ever done it before. So we were only going to do it one night, and then they go, they were pleading with me to do it for second night, so we had a second night. What about tonight? Tonight, today, we're going to Accra. So, um, and thank you to people who are concerned about the earthquakes. We, the, the, I feel that sometimes there's a bit of misinformation out there about the earthquakes. They are incredibly bad now. Uh, you know, incredibly bad. You know, people get ruffled up. But most of the ones that happen now, these aftershocks, it's razzling people's nerves. Other than Bevan's place, there's not, and, and, and in certain areas of town, there is there is still some more damage happening. But most of us, it's a case of just right. Oh, and, and my place is more. It was just a freakish thing because it just came yeah. on. You know, like if it was just unfortunate more than that. it wasn't that the quake destroyed the place. And so there are some big shakes, but Christchurch is where we're. A lot of us are back on track, and a lot of the times the media now seem to think that the world's um, ending every time we have an aftershock. And uh, and the certain areas, it's really bad. But most of us, we're just trying to get on with things. And uh, okay, just, John, just as we finish today's show, who's yes. going to win Kona this year? Who is going to win Kona this year? Make your prediction, year? early prediction now. Okay, you do your prediction first. I'm just giving a little bit of thought. I mean, the girls is a no-brainer, so they need to. Do Chrissy about. will probably win the girls. That's yes. my first prediction. And is it time we had a, a bit of a no name come through? Yeah, it doesn't really happen. When is a no name? The only, I reckon almost the only time a no name came through. Well, even Ferris, when he came through, I think he'd he been, was a no name. He'd, he'd been building though. He'd, yeah, he'd but he was tens. a no name. He yeah. wasn't a Kona winner. He shouldn't have won a Kona if you know what I mean, based on form at that stage. Yeah. So um, it was like amazing that he did. It was an amazing race. I don't take anything away from him, but yeah, no one would have picked him because I, I was racing that year as well, and I was like. You, you, go, you come to the end of the race and who won? Ferris, Salsalan. Who the hell was he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we hadn't been doing the show but by, by that stage so I didn't really know um, my piece as well as I should have. Who's going to win this year? 
I'm going to say that if Maka doesn't go to the Olympics, he's coming back and he's going to take it down. Oh, really? So you've gone from not picking him when he did win it to thinking... Well, how's he going to qualify? Oh, That's a good they'll, point. They'll get him to qualify. He'll get him a free entry. Because they do... He's, he's, just, he's just got to validate, hasn't he? I think if he's won it before. He won it two years ago, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you get five years for validation? Yeah. yeah so he's got, he's, got to, he's got to do a nine-distance race. If he doesn't make the Olympics, I'm going with him. What about you? Really? You, really? Really? I think he'll have speed in the legs. You really? So you, you actually really think he can... Yeah, I mean, I, people go on about age now, and, and we, 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 I got suckered into that as well. Ah, oh, you're naive. But, but, yeah. but, but Brownie at 39, he's just won a race. Crowy last year, he's not going to be that much Was worse. Was Crowy the oldest ever? Um, I think he might have just missed out. I think Macca might still be the oldest ever. No, no, because Macca was two weeks out of Dave Scott, wasn't he? Well, yeah, maybe he was. It's all round about the same. I mean, at the same time, you know, Crowy's only going to be a year older. He's won two titles this year. He's not going to slow down that much in 12 months. So... Uh, so you say Mecca If he doesn't go to the Olympics Yep I'm saying Pete Jacobs You're saying Pete Jacobs Yeah Pete had a bad, bad, bad bike this year You're putting the mockers on him You shouldn't, you shouldn't put mockers no, on him we've, we've done that to do uh, I've done that to um, Pretty much everyone Rasmus, really. <laughs> Rasmus We've done it to Andreas Raylert uh, Right Pete, I'll, I'll, yeah. We've got to We've got to wrap up the show But um, I'm just arranging now Oh we, what are you doing now <laughs> You're going to wrap up the show By talking more We Got the next legends of triathlon. I'm sorting that out, and we've got a pretty special guest coming. Can we, can we give a hint? Uh, Olympic champion. Olympic champion team. We are delivering. I was going to have a female lined up, and we're probably going to push her over to the next month. But we've got. This show rocks, eh? I do yeah. like legends of yeah, yeah. And anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Yeah, one thing because I started doing my piece. <laughs> he started waffling. I started doing my piece on it last night. What? And this um, Olympic champion um, had a slower time than me at the 1996 World Triathlon Champs. Uh, so, John, so John, you really didn't reach your potential, did you? No. But when I looked through this results, in 1996 World Triathlon Champs Junior Race, the, the results are a bit funny because it was a Junior A and a Junior B, and I'm not sure why, if we Why were was that? I'm not, uh, because the internet wasn't really around in 1996. But why was you have an A and a B race? Well, that's what I can't quite figure out because um, it's... Did the, you race the same race as him? Well, I'm not quite sure. Uh, it was non-drafting, so it doesn't really matter. But the, the a well, the, it does win. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, but the, 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 the set of results that I was on, um, it was something like, in second place was Andreas Raylert, uh, Dirk Bocker was ninth. And, uh, and Andreas Raylert? Yeah. Is uh, he that old? Yeah, and Nico Lanos was, uh, was fourth. And Where'd you was, get? Oh, I was like... 25th or something like that Oh okay So but, that maybe the world champion The Olympic champion Had a bad day But it was It was staggering That the, the, the names That you see in there yeah. What year was that 93 1996 Six So Andreas Raylert Was second in the World juniors in 1996 Well I thought Raylert was still quite young No So it's fast It's just And you look through The results And then the page That this other person Was on He wasn't even on He was about Two minutes slower than me And I was looking Through his names And it was like Guys like Tim Don Hunter Kemper Was also in my race He was like Six or something so guys have been around. He, 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 he probably looked at, he probably, at that time. He probably looked and went, "John Newsom beat me. Maybe I should quit." <laughs> I think so. But anyway, that's all coming up, um, and I'm going here, Carl. So let's wrap it up. Anything else you want to say, Bevan? Well, because you've been wrapping up and adding more okay. stuff. I got one more question. <laughs> I got one more question for you. <laughs> that's my cue, isn't it? Okay, I think I'll just leave it there, John. Okay. Iron Russ. I'm into train hard, train smart, kia kaha. <laughs>